The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Steven. What's up? Sometimes I work really hard on these intros, these how do you do's, these welcome to the show type situations, and sometimes I just don't. I'm going to let you decide whether this is one of the times that I did work hard or one of the times that I didn't. So hey, a while back, I did an episode about a image book called Undiscovered Country. It was issue number one. It was written by Scott Schneider and Charles Soule, art by Giuseppe Camancoli and Danielle Orlandini, coloring by Matt Wilson, and lettering by Crank. Now, the reason I bring this up now is because back then when I read that first issue, didn't care for it all too much. I had been looking forward to the series for a month or so before it actually dropped, been reading a lot about it, and was just pumped. And then I read it and didn't enjoy it as much. And I said during the episode that I was interested enough to keep going, but not interested enough to keep going with the single issues, and that I would wait for the trade, which is exactly what I did. So real quick, let me tell you what the premise is behind this book. So imagine, if you will that America seals itself off from the rest of the world. It literally puts up a big wall all the way around the country and some kind of crazy force field type thing. So even airplanes and whatnot can't get all that close. And it stays like this for a number of decades. Everyone else in the world, everyone outside of the United States has no idea what's going on in there. There are no communications coming in and out. Nobody is allowed within the borders of the United States, and nobody within the borders of the United States are allowed out. So nobody knows what's going on. Meanwhile, the rest of the world has kind of formed itself into two major governmental powers, and they are at war with each other. At the same time, a global pandemic strikes. Sound familiar? They call it Sky, and there is no cure whatsoever. It's killing millions of people. And to try to combat this, the two governments, they drop what is in essence like an anti antibiotic or some kind of some kind of medicine. They drop it from the sky and it seems to do more harm than good. So one day the two these two rival governments of the rest of the world gets this communication from inside the United States. It's this guy that calls himself Dr. Sam Elgin and he's telling them, look, it's been a while. But we've been watching, and if y'all don't do something about this sky pandemic, y'all are going to be dead in six months. But don't worry, we have a cure. We, we're still trucking hard here in the United States. We're getting things done. We're taking care of business because that's what we do in America. And so we're going to allow our doors open for a small window of opportunity. You send in a team, we'll open up diplomatic relations, and we'll provide you 
with the cure to Sky. And so they put this team together and they send him in. You know all this from the first issue. Now, the reason why I didn't like the first issue is because I had been building up in my head what kind of story I was expecting to read. When they finally got into America, I was picturing more of a dystopian, well, not dystopian, more of like a fascist, Nazi-like monarchy almost. Just this crazy technologically advanced one ruler with his boot heel on the necks of the people. That's what I was kind of expecting. But what we got instead was more of a post-apocalyptic Mad Max type situation, which is something that I freaking love. And yet it threw me off because I wasn't expecting it. I had, you know, sometimes the the problem a lot of times with uh, previews and teases and whatnot of shows and movies and books and everything is they often only want to show you enough to get you hooked, but they don't want to show you so much that it gives away the entire story. But at the same time, if they don't provide you with certain elements, then you kind of determine in your head what kind of story this is going to be. And if it doesn't turn out to be that kind of story, then you're disappointed. Whether or not it was a good, you know, it was a well-told story or not, if you are expecting one thing and you get something else, you're going to be disappointed. And that's what happened with me in Undiscovered Country. So I waited for the trade paperback and I read it, now knowing what to expect when I went into it. And I actually rather enjoyed it. Now, I want to explain that when our team gets into America, they're somewhere around like the southwestern United States. And this is all we see of the country throughout the first six issues of the book. And as they enter American airspace in their helicopter, they are shot down and they crash land out in a desert-like area and are immediately set upon by, like I said, Mad Max-type road warrior characters. But I need to explain. Think about the Road Warrior. Think about Beyond Thunderdome. Think about the newest one, uh, Fury Road. Think about how weird those characters were. All those guys, those men and women driving those cars and how crazy they looked. Well, what you got in Undiscovered Country was even more bizarre. You had, for example, freaking sharks pulling cars, you know, using cars kind of like carts with horses, but instead of horses, it was freaking sharks. And they don't explain to you how these sharks can survive out of water, much less how they are moving across the sand at a very fast pace, pulling cars behind them. At one point, two of our main characters, they escape from this this giant facility, which used to be like a Walmart, but it has other levels to it, and it travels across the desert. It's mobile, and they escape, and they're riding in like a pink Cadillac that's being pulled by two giant eyeballs that have these mouths where like the irises and whatnot should be, and it's just like chopping up dirt. These eyeballs as they're as they're pulling this freaking car. The big bad so far in this story is is a is a guy called the Destiny Man, and he's like seven eight feet tall. And he wears this big, like, spaceman's domed helmet with freaking weird, like, uh, I don't know, like, light-projected antlers coming out of the top of him. He's got a lobster claw for one hand and a weird freaking, like, uh, I don't know, bony protrusions or something for his other hand. It's really weird. And yet, when you get to the end of the book, there's this 
four or five pages written by Scott Snyder in which he talks about how he met, he and Charles Soule met, and how they started discussing um, ideas for books. And then this book came up and just all this stuff that they learned by visiting, um, I don't know, people that worked for the government. I, I, it's been a while since I read this part, but it's almost like they're saying all the stuff that we put in the book, they're already thinking about how that could happen. And that's just, it's just bizarre. It just really twists your brain. But there's, there's this weird twist in the book because, so the group gets into America. They are running from this horde of crazy freaking mutant Mad Max road warrior type people. And they find refuge with this group called the Silent Minority. And here's where they meet Sam. But two of our, two of our team members are brother and sister. And they were, they were kids when America sealed itself off. And they knew Sam because he was friends with their parents who sent them away so they wouldn't be in America when it got sealed off. But Sam doesn't remember them. It's like he's a different Sam. And it's very strange because he wants, he, he brought them here so that he could get further into the United States. There's this thing, he goes, we need the key to open the door so that we can walk the spiral and Aurora will tell us the way or something. It's just really weird. There's this whole prophecy. And in the meantime, the brother and sister that I talked about, the brother had tried to break into America like 10 years previous because he'd gotten, he said he'd gotten a message from their dad and she doesn't believe him. And he actually did get all the way. The, the rumor was that he got, he's the closest of anyone. He, he got closer than anybody else as far as getting into America, but he never made it. But really he did make it. And he met up with the destiny man and he made a deal with the destiny man. And it's so that the destiny man could walk the spiral. It's just this weird, I have no real concrete clue what's going on, but it's so freaking interesting at the same time. One of the characters on the team is a, like an expert on America. He knows everything. He knows more about America than anybody else outside of the United States. And so he's brought along because he's supposed to be the expert. But you find out that he may be crazy because he thinks that time inside the United States is working differently than outside. And that for everyone outside the United States, it's only been 25, 30, 35 years, something like that since they closed it off. But from within the United States, it's been over a century. And there's one point, I can't remember if it was the, the description of the book. I feel like it was the description of the book, like the blurb, the, the, you know, the back of the book that tells you what's going on, what's, what you're getting into. I believe it actually says there that the, the United States has been closed off from the rest of the world for over 100 years. Well, we know that's not true because this brother and sister, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember any of their names. This brother and sister were kids when America was sealed off. And so my first thought was, well, obviously they made a mistake. How could they make a mistake like that when they created the description to this book? And then it hit me, well, for those inside the United States, it has been over 100 years. So there's this weird time warp thing going on and this prophecy and freaking eyeballs pulling cars through the desert and freaking road warrior type guys riding giant bison and freaking land sharks. And it's just weird. At one point, so Sam makes a deal with the team. They're going to go break into uh, the Destiny Man's mobile fortress, steal the key, bring it back to him. They're going to get 
through the wall, ride the spiral, all that stuff. But in the meantime, this uh, the brother and sister team, the, the, the brother has also made a deal with the Destiny Man. And so they're all converging at the wall where this door is supposed to be. And the silent minority is riding around in a freaking space shuttle with like balloons on either side. It's like like these big pontoon balloons or something. It's it's so bizarre. And yet it's really good at the same time. The art really lends itself quite well. It's really quite perfect for this type of story because it, the, the, the artist does such a great job of rendering just this bizarre world that we've, and we've barely set a foot within this world. Like I said, we're only in kind of the Southwestern area of the United States. And now we're going to walk the spiral. We see a we see a map of the United States, and in the center of it is this thing that they call the spiral. I don't know what that is. And they get in there, they go through the wall to to ride the spiral, and they're on a train. Ugh, it's so freaking bizarre, but it's so good at the same time. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to the second trade. I don't know if any of y'all have read it. If you have, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Feedback at stevenrls.com. But I really quite enjoyed it. I like I said, that first time through, that first issue, I did not enjoy it because it's not what I was expecting at all. But going into it this time, knowing what to expect, I did really quite enjoy it. And if and if you haven't read it, give it a try. I'll be honest with you, I didn't pay for it. I paid for that first issue, but I got the trade through Hoopla, through my library, so I didn't pay for it, full disclosure. I don't like to recommend that people rush out and buy stuff that I didn't pay for myself. So I'm just throwing that out there. I enjoyed it. I don't honestly, I don't know that I would pay money for the next trade. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I would because I did quite enjoy it. But then I'm a person who's on a very strict budget. So I think about it a little differently than, than maybe I would have 10 years ago when I wasn't on a strict budget. 10 years ago, definitely. This book would be sitting on my bookshelf. 15, 20 years ago, this book would definitely be sitting on my bookshelf and I would be purchasing every trade that follows, providing they keep up with the story because it's really, like I said, there's almost a mystery. There's this prophecy. There's You're, you're kind of guessing what's going on, what's going to happen. And I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to decide what what's going to come next because it is so bizarre that I don't know that I could build something up in my head as far as what's going to come next. And I really like that. I like that they kind of, they give you a, a tease, you know, it's like, well, here's this book that that I'm, th- I'm thinking is going to be a certain way. And once you get into it, it's totally not the way I thought it was. But once I've gotten used to what it is, it's so freaking strange and out of this world that I don't know that I could come up with how this book may progress further. I don't know that I have those capabilities. But that's Undiscovered Country, everybody. Volume one. If you've enjoyed anything that I have recommended in the past, you're probably going to enjoy this. If you like just strange, out of this world, freaking post-apocalyptic, just unexplained technology type of stories, this is this is going to be right up, right up your street. I don't know what to expect next, but I'm definitely going to be reading that second trade. But until then, my name is Steven and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Be safe. Wear a mask. Just Another Fanboy is a Stephen or Else production. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast. 
a weekly show about all the comics and such I don't have time to talk about here. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me at Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or else. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Good job. Ooh.